Welcome to Erie Iceland. Whether you're captivated by folklore, paranormal, sorcery, the hidden people, haunted things, people or locations in Iceland, you've come to the right place. Here, you'll venture into the dark side of Iceland. I'm Anne. I'm Vanessa. We're two girl bosses who are obsessed with all of these things. Will you dare to follow us into this unexplainable realm? Hey, hey, hey. So, Anne, are you ready for today's story? I hope it's a good one. Oh, it is. And it's a true story. I love story time with Vanessa. So this um, story is about like a ghost. And like for those that believe in ghosts, I mean, I definitely believe in ghosts. So like that part might not be true, but like for me, it's definitely true. But this person like existed and like lived and was like real. This is not a folk story. This is like written in Icelandic like history. So, so I can go visit her grave or his grave? Yeah, you can today, actually. Back okay. then, well, I'll get to that. All right, let's hear it. Bring it on, Vanessa. This story is about the woman that haunted the Reykjavik Cathedral. And Where's was, the cathedral? The Reykjavik Cathedral is in like downtown Reykjavik. Is it the Catholic Church? No, it's not. It's the one that's um, next to Parliament. So right by the Leif Erikson um, statue in downtown Reykjavik. Like by Hotel Borg? Yes, correct. Okay. That An one. English pub. Yeah, like in the back, uh, in the backyard of English pub, basically. Yeah, so like in the little courtyard area. Correct. Okay. Great. All right. Thank you for that visual. Um, she was last seen, her ghost was last seen in the 20th century. The name of the woman is Steinun Sveinsdóttir. Steinun was born sometime in 1767. She was found murdered on August 31st, 1805. So that would make her how old, Vanessa? Um, I didn't do the math. 38. Thanks. It's not relevant to the story. <laughs> okay. Anne. <laughs> Thank you. Go on. How she was murdered has still not been completely determined and is not likely to ever be determined, although there are many theories. In order for me to tell you more about the ghost of Steinun, I must inform you of her life. Let's hear it. In 1801, Steinun, along with her husband, Jón Thorgrimsson, moved to a small farm called Sjöndau on Röydesantir. This plot of land had two farms— and in the other house lived the married couple Bjarni Bjarnason and Gvidrun Eilstóttir. Shortly after Steinun and her husband moved into the farm, a romance began between Steinun and her neighbor Bjarni. Woo! Yep. Here we go. On April 1st of the next year, Jón disappeared. It was believed that he had fallen off the nearby cliffs. Or pushed. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Shortly after, on June 5th, Kvidrun also met her demise. 
her cause of death was considered unknown. Due to both deaths, rumors started about an affair between Steiner and Biatne and how they had killed their spouses in order to be together. Well, shit. Here we go. Yep. On September 25th, when the body of Vion washed up on shore, although the body was badly damaged, it was said he had injuries thought to be caused by another man. Another man? It was also noticed that he did not have one broken bone, which is suspicious considering he had fallen from the cliffside. So no one falls. I mean, maybe, but I think it's very unlikely you fall from like these high ass cliffs. Your neck is broken. Right. Or like a hand is broken or legs. Something's going to break. Right. For sure. For but like sure. his body was like disgusting. Like it had been in the ocean for like a long time. But um, like he, there was signs of his like on his body showing that like something man-made had had happened to him. Like choking marks and it's like not a struggle. Like, on his body. Like I think he had like um like um like things on his head. Like he had wounds on his head, mm-hmm. but like no broken bones, which is super suspicious. Okay. Shortly after the discovery of John's body, Vyatne was arrested and moved to Sulakstalert, later to be joined by Steinen, um, where they were both interrogated. Both of them denied any accusations about the murders. How after, after harsh interrogations, they both admitted to murdering their spouses. Biatne murdered John. Wait, 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 wait. They admitted it? When they were interrogated, they both admitted killing their spouses. Yes. So first they denied it, but then like they were like really harshly interrogated. This okay. is like in the 1800s. So I can imagine like probably threatened. Threatened, maybe even like, you know, like some like violence was probably used. Mm-hmm. Um, they finally admit to um, the murders of their spouses. So Byapne actually murdered Yon. But Stainer knew about it. They but, were in it together because they wanted to be together. Right. Stainer knew about Yon's murder, but like didn't partake in it. So she's obviously um, guilty. By association. Right. But however, they both killed Burun. So they tried to give her poison, but when that didn't work, Bjetne choked her while Stainen held her hands. Oh, right. So after the trial, both Stainen and Bjetne were sentenced to be executed, a death by an axe. They were be- they were to be beheaded. Wait a minute, that was a thing. Yeah. In the 20th century? No, this is in the 1800s. Her ghost was last seen in the 20th century. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, they would behead people. They would. In Bietne's sentence, he was also to be pinched three times from red hot glowing pinchers while they were transferring him from where the crimes had been done to where he was to be executed. That was not all. <laughs> Before he was beheaded, he was to lose his right hand by axe and then to be executed. Iceland, you're fucking brutal with your like death sentences. Right. It's crazy. Like, I could not believe it. Like, we're such a kind country here. I can't imagine that that was ever a thing. I'm not done. Okay. I'm scared. Once executed... 
his head and hand would be mounted on a stake and displayed over his burial mound for all to see as a warning. This is like fucking medieval times. Yeah, for sure. In the summer of 1803, Steiner and Bjarne were transferred to the jail in Reykjavik. For reference, today's trip takes around five hours as Reydesantur is in the West Fjords. Back in 1803, this trip likely would have taken a week or two. So if he was to be pinched by like glowing hot like pinchers or like tongs, that would be like, I don't know, uh, every few days, once. And we're like going, we're getting transported by like horseback. Probably. And that's to say like he would be able to like survive that because back then like it's cold. We don't have like the same clothes we have today or like the insulation we have today. So imagine being like, pinched with like this glowing like tongue like it's gonna get infected blister and yeah that's gross right in Reykjavik their trial went before the courts and later the king which confirmed the death sentence but decided Bjatni would not need to be tortured so lucky for him (laughs) fortunately for them the execution did not happen immediately as they could not find an executioner in Iceland so wait, 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 couldn't find an executioner, even though you have like one of the most harsh ways to kill people and torment them. Right. So this isn't the, like this happened in the Westfjords. And so there was an executioner in the north, but um, the bailiff didn't trust that that executioner could make it to Reykjavik. Um, due to his poor health and age. Mm, okay, okay. So they needed to find like a new executioner. He actually did find a executioner in Reykjavik that was a cobbler. And wait, wait, cobbler meaning I work on shoes? Yes. Okay. Correct, shoemaker. But once the people in Reykjavik found out that this shoemaker was to be the new executioner, they were disgusted and started to ignore him. So he reaches out to like the bailiff and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like my job's on the line. Like I'm not doing this. Fair. So again. I can appreciate that. They run into more delays. While all of this was happening, um, Bjatne actually was able to escape prison. So he was always kept in chains, but he had a foot injury. So his chains were taken off of him and he, he managed to escape. If you were to think about what an Icelandic prison looked like at this day and age, are they in cells or are they just like chained to walls in like an open air room or something like that? What's your best guess? I don't know. Like, I don't think Iceland had any dungeons, but I would think like, like a rock house Mm. and, and like not a penitentiary, like where there's like cells and like, you know, um, like a cage-like. I think it's more like, you know, little rooms. And chained up. Right. That's, Got it. That's what I would, you know, imagine. And like I said, he escapes because he has a foot injury and so they take the chains off of him. Once he was caught again, it was decided to seek a pardon for the two. Given that option didn't go over too well, it was decided the executioner would be brought from Denmark. Due to this, the case was pushed to 1805. Later that year, it was decided that they would both be shipped off to Norway to be executed. As one would expect with all of these delays, 
it is believed that Stanen had become pregnant. Wait, wait, wait. She's got like fucking conjugal visits during this time? Right. No, she does not. It is said, some say that it was the prison guard. Ew. Yeah. Ew. And in history books, this guy's not great. Okay, so it probably wasn't consensual. Gross. Before they were able to ship Stanen off to Norway to be executed, she died on August 31st unexpectedly. It was said that Stanen had been in good health, but no one was able to discover her cause of death, and there was no sign of a struggle or any criminal action. It is believed that the prison guard killed her with poison once, ha- once he found out about her pregnancy. And what do you think poison is at this time in Iceland? Do you think it's like rat poison? Do you think it's... You know, like back then, it would just... I mean, I'm just guessing here. But like old food could probably kill you. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. And that probably wouldn't show up like in an autopsy. Wait, were they doing autopsies then? They were. Okay. But like, I don't know how much of an autopsy you can really do. Okay. Later that fall... However, Bjatni was shipped to Kristiansand in Norway, where he was beheaded on October 4th. After Stanen's autopsy, she was placed in a wooden casket and buried in a shallow grave at Skolvarholt by other prisoners, just outside of town. Why a shallow grave? Is that like a thing? It is because she was a criminal. Like, she didn't deserve an actual grave. So she—so so I'm going to get to that, actually— so it's like a small, tiny grave. So we're talking about like, so usually when we bury someone, it's six feet. So I'm guessing maybe they they just digged it like enough so like they could cover it with like a little bit of sand or dirt or whatever. Because then um, they covered her grave with stones that form a mound. And so like, like criminals and like, um, so people that weren't, weren't worth any kind of respect didn't really get buried. They got like mounded on basically. They get they get burial mounds. Okay. Makes sense. This burial mound is a little southeast of where the statue of Leif Erikson stands now. In these days, it was considered a tradition to cast stones on burial mounds when passing by. The reason is said to upkeep the mounds, while others say it's to keep whatever's buried there stuck there for eternity. Okay, that's a little creepy. Children believed if they placed a stone on the mounds, they would be safe from whatever was buried there. So like children would pass by on their way to school kind of thing and they would put it on top of there like every day? Well, yeah. So if so if you had to some reason pass this mound, like it was almost a tradition that you'd have to put like a stone on it. And by doing so, you were safe from whatever was buried, like, below. Okay. Got it. This mound was seen up until the 20th century. And this is what brings us to the haunting of the Reykjavik Cathedral. Because, as I said in the beginning, this cathedral is, like, really close to her, like, burial mound, like, site. Mm -hmm. It is said that Stenen would often be seen in the church— especially during funerals. And it was said that she would just like sit on the pews and participate in the ceremonies. Okay, I literally just got full body chills 
when you said that, because I am picturing this place and this woman yes. in this cathedral. So people would be there. And this is like maybe like 80 years later or something. People are like at a funeral of their loved one or something. And all of a sudden this like ghost is sitting next to them. And is it creepy or is it comforting to these people? Um, so some people would see her and then just like run like run out. Yeah. While others were just kind of like, whoa, okay. Um, however, there is, and like, here we go again. If you don't believe in ghosts, like that's on you, but. <laughs> we do, <laughs> clearly. In the history of this church, like, in the book, the history book for the church that exists, there is like a mention of a window being broken. In from like, the inside or outside? From the inside. Ooh. And it's said that the reason for this like window being broke is a man is sitting in a pew and all of a sudden he looks next to him and there's Stanen. And he's so scared by her that he throws himself outside of the window. Okay. Chills again. Right. So... Maybe there isn't a ghost, but if there is, that's why that window broke. Just saying. Damn. Okay. Can we visit this church? Oh, for sure. It is said that Stanen haunted this church for almost a century. So in the early early 1900s, they that's when like Reykjavik really started to be like formed. Like it was already formed, but like that's when like mass like construction went on to like build like the rest of it. And so um, workers were sent to that area where her like mound was to um, get rocks to um, create the Reykjavik Harbor. And while this is happening, this man comes and he's like, stop there, young men. And so they're just like, okay, they're happy to be like interrupted on their like day of having to like move all these big rocks and um, this man says, there's a grave here. We're going to exhume it. What? Yeah. Because they were like just bombarding the oh, whole she's place. Still, she's like buried there. But like lightly. Yeah. yeah well, okay. like under the mound. So yeah. They're like using the mound for like the Reykjavik Harbor. Yeah. So the guy says, stop, boys. Stop. We need to like. Somebody's fucking buried here. Right. And so he basically like saves her grave. Okay. All right, that's noble. She is exhumed and moved to Hola Vatlagardir graveyard, which is here in Reykjavik as well. We can also visit it. And when this happened, that's when she stopped haunting the cathedral and neighborhood because finally she was buried in like holy ground. All right. So finally she was like at peace. That's fucking fantastic. Right. And so when she's first moved in 1915, she's just quietly moved into this graveyard. Her name is not put in like the graveyard's books. She doesn't get a gravestone, nothing. She's just moved. That's sad. Super sad. But again, like she's like a criminal. And so she doesn't like deserve that honor. Yeah. All right. I can understand that. But as soon as she was moved, she stopped haunting. So nonetheless, she was at peace. This is where it gets a little interesting. In the beginning, you asked me if she had like a gravestone and if we can like visit her. Yeah. So. uh, Does she? 
a lot of people felt really bad, like about her, this woman's fate and like, you know, was she, you know, coerced by him? Right. And all of that. Tricked. So, so what happens in 2011? Wait, wait, wait. That is like a few super years Super duper recent. Right. Okay. So in 2011, one of Stanen's offsprings mm-hmm. um, sends a letter to the um, graveyard and says, I would like for my like great, great, great like grandma mm-hmm. to have a, like a, like a, um, like a gravestone. And so in 2012, she received a headstone. And so I can go and visit it. We can go visit it. All right. Yeah. So that's the story of Stanen, the ghost of the Reykjavik Cathedral. Love it. Thanks so much, Vanessa. For those of you interested, the farm Shiontau was deserted in 1921. There's likely no sign of any farm there today. But it would be interesting to know if the ghosts of Gurun and Yon, the spouses of Steinun and Bjatne, still wander around those parts. Thank you so much for venturing into the dark side of Iceland with us. We hope our stories resonate with you. Stay tuned for more Nightmare-worthy podcasts. And if you want to hear more, give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also find us on Instagram at Eerie Iceland and by searching Eerie Iceland on Facebook. See you next time.